October monthly podcast. Now this month, three papers have been uploaded to the CSF website, and today I'm going to be highlighting two of those in particular. Now our first paper discusses baricitinib dose reduction in patients achieving sustained disease control. And the key author here is Professor Tsutomo Takuchi from Kaio University School of Medicine in Japan. Now, the key background here, treatment goals in rheumatoid arthritis patients include the achievement of remission or low disease activity. And the ACR or, or ULAR guidelines and recommendations then recommend considering reduction in DMAR dose. Now, this is a study that investigated tapering baricitinib in people who achieve sustained disease control with baricitinib 4 milligrams. And patients were analysed in this study who had enrolled in the long-term extension study RA Beyond and who were inadequate responders to DMARDs at the beginning of the trial. Now, patients were enrolled in the long-term extension study RA Beyond if they received baricitinib 4 milligrams for more than or equal to 15 months and achieved sustained low disease activity or remission at two consecutive visits more than or equal to three months apart. Now, Primary efficacy endpoints included the proportion of patients maintaining a CDI less than or equal to 10 or CDI less than or equal to 2.8 for patients initially enrolled in RA Begin after three months of treatment. And also the time to relapse, that would be a CDI greater than 10 or a CDI greater than 2.8 for the patients who came in through RA Begin. And there were some safety endpoints that were also of interest. Uh, they were defined as the occurrence or severity of step-down emergent adverse events, serious adverse events, or adverse events leading to discontinuation. So what were the results? Well, most patients receiving baricitinib maintained low disease activity or remission through week 48. And compared to patients receiving baricitinib 4 milligrams, patients who were given dose reductions were significantly more likely to relapse over 48 weeks, present increases in continuous disease activity over 40 weeks, or present increased disease activity at weeks 12, 24 and 48. Now, over 48 weeks, dose reduction was associated with a lower rate of non-serious infections. The rates of serious adverse events and adverse events leading to discontinuation were similar across the groups. And most rescued patients were able to regain their low disease activity or remission state once they received the four milligram dose that it reverted back up the way. So what do we conclude here? Well, better disease control was seen with baricitinib four milligrams compared to tapering baricitinib after achieving sustained low disease activity with the higher dose. And it's reasonable to consider tapering baricitinib with two milligrams, but be aware that if disease flares, one would like to move straight away back up to four milligrams, and it does appear that that recovers response. Now, the second paper I want to bring to your attention is an integrated analysis of the safety profile of baricitinib, and the key author here is Professor Josef Smolin from the Medical University in Vienna. Now, Key elements in the background here, it's a study that pools data from available RA clinical trials to characterise the safety profile of baricitinib. And data were included from eight randomised clinical trials and one long-term extension study. There were four analysis sets, placebo four milligrams, at six studies with patients randomised to placebo or baricitinib four milligrams to week 24. A placebo two mix four mix, that was four studies with patients randomised to placebo or baricitinib two or four milligrams to week 24. 
and a 2 mg 4 mg extended group patients from placebo 2 mg 4 mg plus data from extension periods and an all bari ra group all patients who received more than one dose of baricitinib. A four milligram, a long-term cohort was also extracted from this analysis set. So there's quite a lot going on here, several different analysis sets that you've got to think about. The key endpoints were uh, treatment emergent adverse events, adverse events leading to temporary interruption or drug discontinuation, serious adverse events, adverse events of special interest, thinking about the peculiar biology of the JAK inhibitors and death. Now, the results, well, there were 3,492 patients receiving baricitinib for a total of 6,637 patient years. And for baricitinib 4 milligrams compared to either placebo or the 2 milligram baricitinib dose, there was no difference in rates of death, adverse events leading to discontinuation, malignancies, MACE, that's a major adverse cardiovascular events, or serious infections. Infections in general, however, were reported more frequently in patients receiving baricitinib 4 milligrams versus placebo. Deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolisms were reported with baricitinib 4 milligrams, but not in patients given placebo. Um, overall, when one looks at the, the paper in more detail, one finds that baricitinib 2 and 4 milligrams have an acceptable safety profile up to 5.5 years of long-term exposure. Infection risk was particularly noted for herpes zoster. No major surprise there. We've seen that with other JAK inhibitors. And therefore, it's probably particularly important for clinicians to monitor the risk of herpes zoster in patients receiving JAK inhibitors. Now, the issue of risks associated with pulmonary embolism, deep vein thrombosis and malignancy really do require further observation in patients given baricitinib. So from a clinical point of view, we've got to continue to be very vigilant. Now, a quick reminder that the final paper uploaded to the CSF website this month is a Bayesian network meta-analysis of the safety and efficacy, again, of baricitinib and tofacitinib in addition, authored by Professors Bay and Lee. Now, please don't forget that all the content I've discussed in this podcast is available in a more detailed slide format in the publications section at cytokinesignaling.com. And please do subscribe to our podcast channel and by all means, let us know what you think by reviewing the podcast. Well, that's all I have to give you this month. I hope this information is useful to you. Wish you very well in your clinical practice and look forward to talking to you once again in another Cytokine Signaling podcast. Thanks very much indeed.